0: Praise the Lord. How's everyone doing this morning? I mean, really, how are you doing? I know sometimes I, you know, well, I think I preach differently or teach differently every week. I mean, when people ever ask me, so what's your style? I don't know. I'm more of a conversationalist, so sometimes I've got points, sometimes I've got stories But I I promise you, it's always God's word that I'm praying for transformation. So let me start today by asking you a question. What are you stressed out about? What's causing anxiety in your life right now? Okay, now, I might even draw out a little list for you because uh, sometimes we're not honest with ourselves. The Bible says our hearts are deceitfully wicked. So we we can start believing stuff that's in our heart. But when I ask, what's that thing that's causing anxiety? It it might be finances. It could could easily be um, something that you're dealing with, with health issues, sickness in your body, loved ones who are sick. It could still be the fear of COVID. You know, now we've got this new strain, right? Um, you know, believe me, in two months there's going to be another strain because they want us just continue to strain through life. They, they, they want to keep fear in front of you. And I'm not talking about just they making it a political issue. I'm telling you, the enemy's attacking the church any way it can. And here's what you can't do. We think we do it well, but here's what you cannot do when you are filled with anxiety, when you are filled with fear, when you are filled with depression. When you are filled with brokenness, you can't move forward. Well, I believe in God's grace. You're not hearing me. This isn't about salvation. It's about growth. You will not move. Fear will freeze you in your tracks. It's the kind of fear that when you do have an opportunity, well, I better not. I better, I'm just afraid it won't work out. Well, if, you don't, if you're afraid it won't work out, you're right, it won't, because you'll never try. Pastor, where are you going this morning? Well, <clears throat> the last several weeks, we've been in John for a very long time, and I'm going to be reading from John chapter 14, a very familiar passage to some of us, but if you go back to chapter 13 for just a second, <clears throat> and I'm not going to read from there, I'm just going to sort of break it up, um, a quick little review of 13. Jesus washes the disciples' feet. And in that setting, he is not only teaching them, because when you look at this setting and a couple of other gospels, even if it's not dealing with the feet, the washing of the feet, it's dealing with who's going to be the boss, who's going to be the greatest. I want to be a great leader. Can I get an amen? I mean, nobody buys tickets to the conference that says who wants to be the lowliest servant. Nobody signs up for the webinars that says who wants to be last. But everybody signs up for the webinars that says, if you want to be the greatest for $49.95 a month, I'm going to send you five downloads and this, and, and, and everybody buys into it, even if they don't go through it. Why? Because everybody down deep inside, there's this part of them that wants to be the greatest. and Not us, but people we know. <laughs> now, I say that because Jesus is dealing with this issue in servanthood, and he washes their feet. He goes on because he knows he's going to be betrayed. Chapter starts out by saying, knowing that his time had come, knowing that all things were ready to be fulfilled. Jesus knew. He's getting closer to the cross. He washes the disciples' feet. He knows he's going to be betrayed. And then he tells his disciples, listen, I've got a new commandment. Love each other. Love each other, guys. Love each other. You know, when you say love each other, you don't have to put a long list beside it because it includes everything. Love each other. Serve each other. Well, pastor, that's not easy. That's why it needs to be supernatural. It can only come through him. Love each other. But then Jesus makes a statement, listen, where I'm going, you cannot go. I'm getting ready to leave you and You're not going to be able to come with me. Peter stands up in a good way. Peter's trying to do the right thing. Jesus, I I want to go with you. I'll give my life for you. What Peter is saying is, listen, I'm willing to die for you, Jesus. And Jesus, you know, I wish we could read the emotions. (laughs) Sometimes when I'm reading the Bible, I feel like I'm reading a text from God. You don't pick up all the emotions in a text, do you? are usually you're reading all the wrong emotions. Now, I'm not trying to be silly when I say this, but most of us, when we hear the Bible being read, we we fall back, especially if we've ever seen it on film, we fall back, and Jesus is always a white guy with an English accent. Peter. (laughs) You will die for me? Before the cock crows, you'll deny me three times. Now, first of all, I don't believe Jesus said it like that at all. I mean, forget the accent. I believe when when Peter said, I will die for you, Jesus looks to Peter and says, you will die for me? You're missing the whole point, son. God did not send you into the world, but he sent me into the world to die so you, you want to die so I can live. You don't get it. I came to die so you can live. And, and to prove it, Peter, not, not, Jesus didn't make him do it. But see, we all have the attitude of, I'm going to do something great for God. Before the cock crows, you're going to deny you ever knew me. Three times, Peter. Now, I want you just to get the ambiance in the room right now. He's washed their feet proving that they don't have a servant's heart. He tells them to love one another because obviously if you have to tell somebody to love one another, they've not been loving one another. Probably been arguing about leadership, (coughs) you know, complaining about Peter always opening his mouth. And then what happens? Peter opens his mouth. And then Jesus says, you're going to tell people you don't even know me. Before the morning comes. Now, in that setting, I just want you to get the feeling in the room for a second. If I'm a disciple, if I'm Peter, if I'm any of the disciples, number one, I I know that I've not been loving right. I know that I've not been walking right. I mean, quite honestly, I feel like I'm a failure. Because listen, when Jesus looks at you, it's one thing if a friend looks at you and says, Man, you're, you're going to tell people you don't even know me. Well, because I don't want to know you. But when Jesus looks at you and says, you're going to tell people you don't even know who I am. Your life is not even going to look like you know me. That's pretty strong. And it would be easy for us to feel like it's hopeless. I'm not going to make it. I can't make it. Things haven't worked out the way I planned. I want to start reading at verse 1 of chapter 14. Because listen to Jesus. The very next words John writes that Jesus speaks are this (laughs) He says, Let not your hearts be troubled. You're not good servants. You don't know how to love. You're going to deny that you know me. Don't be Why? He said, Believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again, and I will take you to myself, that where I am you may be also. And you know the way to where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way. I am the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and you have seen him. (laughs) Now, I'm going to stop there for just a moment because there's a couple of things I want us to see. Because the the, the main focus that I want to have this morning is that we have hope for our troubled heart. There's hope for our troubled heart. See, if you have anxiety this morning, if you're stressed out, well, Pastor, you don't, I'm stressed out because my finances are out of whack. And there's a reason they're out of whack. And I'm not here to judge you on your financial capabilities. You don't understand. I've, 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 been, I've been messed up in my relationships. Uh, my relationships are just terrible. Okay. We all, we have made bad decisions. We get that. But see, if your hope is in a relationship, your success needs to be in that relationship. And you're not good enough to have success in that relationship without Jesus Christ. If your hope is in your finances, I promise you, you'll never have enough finances. Because if your hope is not in Jesus Christ, you can't be happy with a dollar without Jesus Christ. You'll never be happy with a million dollars without Jesus Christ. And if you say, well, I'd like to try I've got a long list of people who will prove that you can buy brand new houses and move your old heart in and still be miserable. You can have all kind of stuff and still be miserable, okay? So when Jesus says, let not your heart be troubled, he's getting ready to set us up for a little bit of a teaching here that usually we just cascade in and evangelistically speaking say... Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by him. So if you want to get to God, he's got to be Jesus, and that's all we say. You know, he's building us. How many got messed up when I used the word rooms there instead of mansions? <clears throat> you know, when I was a kid, uh, my mom and dad, I, you know, I sang a lot when I was a kid. My mom and dad would stand me on the piano bench in nursing homes to sing. And one of the songs I sang all the time was just build my mansion next door to Jesus and tell the angels I'm coming home. And even as a kid, I'm thinking that's a little arrogant because I know the Bible says in my father's house are many mansions, but I want want my mansion next door to Jesus. There's only a couple of people are going to get to decide that. I mean, so even as a kid, I'm wrestling with This song sounds a little bit selfish to me. I I don't know. Well, here's the reality. The Bible, when translated there, doesn't mean everybody gets a mansion in heaven. Getting a little ahead of myself here, but here's what it means. Jesus is saying, I don't want you to have any fear in your life. I don't want your hearts to be troubled. Yes, you're upset because I'm leaving you. You can't go, but you don't understand. I've got to go to fulfill what we're talking about. And you're going to stay. And see, what these disciples still did not understand is that within the next 30 years, they would all have died martyrs except for one. They're all, their lives are going to be taken. It, it, it's not about, if I go, you're going to have an easy life. It's not about, if I, if I go, you're never going to have any more tears. You're never going to have any more problems. You're never going to have... Listen, do me a favor and read Luke chapter 21. When you read Luke chapter 21... Luke goes into the kind of details about what life is going to look like. Jesus tells us in Luke chapter 21, listen, there's going to be persecution. There's going to be difficulties. Nations will rise against nations. He even says men's hearts will fail. Again, when I was a kid, to me, end times, when I heard people starting having heart attacks, when I got old enough and, yeah, Bob died of a heart attack and Joe died of a heart attack, I'm like, oh, my, it's the end time. That's not the heart failing he's talking about there. What is let not your heart be troubled? He's not talking about heart failure. When the Bible talks about the heart, it's talking about the emotions of a man, the emotions of a person, how we make decisions, our confidence, where our trust is. And if our trust is in things, you'll lose your heart. If your trust is in finances, as soon as your finances are gone so is your confidence if your trust is in homes and properties and lands as soon as you have a bad deal your confidence is gone as soon as you have a bad relationship they walked out on me and you beat yourself up and you can't function you can't and when you try to move forward you feel like you're not making progress because you're not you're putting your trust in what you think you should do he's saying listen The number one reason we can have hope for our troubled heart, first thing, ready? He promises a future home. He promises us our future home. You see, the Bible tells us that this world, Hebrews, this world is not my home. I'm passing through. Now, I know, and please, if you're streaming and watching through uh, online, I may mess some people up here. And I'm real big into the seven mountains, but not so much the seven mountain theology. I believe we should make a difference wherever we are in our culture. But I don't believe God has put you here to take over the world so we can suddenly call it heaven. It's his kingdom now, but not yet. We, We are living in his promises now, but we've not seen the fulfillment because there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. It's not like he's going to come and get rid of all the bad guys. What he is coming to do is take his people home. He says, I'm going to prepare a place for you. In my father's house are many rooms. Now, what does rooms mean? Very quickly. Um, in that culture, it was very common, just like it is common in a lot of cultures still now. A, a family started having children. Those children would grow up and marry whomever they married, but they would just like add an addition onto the house. You know, they would just add a back room. And then that mom and dad would grow old and all the kids would take care of mom and dad and, and then the kids would maybe fight over who gets the big room. and Because he said, in my father's house, there's a family. And through the blood of Jesus Christ, you have become family. If you're in Jesus Christ, listen, just look around. This is your brothers and sisters now. Luke 21 also tells us, That family, your physical family, they're going to turn on each other. Father against son, mother against daughter, husband against wife. Don't don't expect loyalty everywhere if it's not a part of the kingdom. Because it's your kingdom family. We are family. And the blood of Jesus Christ is thicker than water. You'll get that later. Through the blood of Jesus Christ, you and I are brothers and sisters. So when he says, I'm preparing a place for you, now what what should give us confidence about that? Listen, this world has nothing to offer you that's going to give you a future. I could probably preach on this point the rest of the morning because we want our future to be here. I mean, think about how we live. Now, there's nothing wrong. Don't go home today and say, well, I'm quitting. I'm quitting my job. I'm not going to pay my bills. Let them take it all away. I'll still be happy in Jesus. Now, you can be homeless in Jesus, too. You can be broke in Jesus. <clears throat> I mean, I, we help people all the time, but not because they're lazy. They're trying, and things just aren't working out. What am I talking about? Yes, give it 100%, but, but if you try... Because your hope is in all that stuff. I am not being repetitive, but just think about what we put our hope in. Think about what makes us confident. If I can do this, or if I can do this. And see, we start living by the world's standards, guys. And listen, we get in trouble. There's nothing wrong with putting goals on the refrigerator. You know, I want to have this car. So I'm going to work really hard, and I'm going to have this car. I believe the Lord will even help you. Uh, with a good work ethic, I promise you, you can buy a car. But what you'll find is when you first buy that car, you don't even want people to sit on the seats. <laughs> Which, what, by the way, that's what cars are for. You do, you do know that. But when you first get that car, you don't even let your children ride in that car for like six weeks. Nobody can even have a drink in that car for the first year. But you all know what happens on year number two, right? You know, the dogs are in the back seat. Somebody spilled a whole gallon of whatever in the front, and you just wiped it up and just smeared it into the carpet so it matched. And you're just sort of making sure the windows stay clean. I know we're not all that bad, but here's my point is, after a while, it loses its luster. And in a couple years, you're trading that puppy in. See, that's not a future. that's a car. And if you live long enough, um, we do the same thing with retirement. We put our trust in what we can lay away. We put our trust in things. And listen, Jesus never preaches against having a thing. It's if it has you. Jesus never preaches about having money. It's, It's where's your heart. Because wherever your heart is, that's where your treasure is. And see, so it's not about having things, it's do they have you. And if they have you, that's when anxiety and fear and depression and doubt, all that stuff kicks in. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Now, let me just stop here and say this, too. If if you're sort of here this morning and you're feeling a little, man, I didn't know it was going to hurt. That's not hurt. That's just the Holy Spirit saying, hey, I love you. And whenever you hold the mirror of God's word up to your face, you're going to see things you don't appreciate. It's not that God hates you. He knows what can be in you. He knows where your life can be. So he's always showing us. He's always, he's always wanting his word to speak to us in such a way that, that not only will our lives be turned around, but we can do it in such a way. Believe me, I'm not suggesting that you can live a pain-free life. I'm not suggesting that there'll ever be stress. I'm not suggesting that you'll never have anxiety. What I am suggesting is when that anxiety creeps in, you'll already know whatever happens. I don't care. I've got a future. I don't care. I have a future. Well, but pastor, don't you want to live a long time? I didn't say I was dying tomorrow. I believe God has a legacy for all of us here. But listen, and I don't mean this arrogantly. What if you died tomorrow? What's your future? It better, not, it better be more than six foot under. It better be more than a pretty tombstone. Where's your future? If you don't, that sounds pretty drastic. Well, listen, drastic happens. There's a whole lot of people that get buried every day who didn't expect it. There's a whole lot of people through COVID who did not see COVID coming. And when that disease ran through our world, people's lives were taken. The tragedies we've seen on television the last several days in Sarasota, Florida. Well, Miami. Um, That apartment complex. It didn't fall, it just pancaked. Straight down. Who would have thought that, that lying in their bed, life would be over? you don't plan for those things that's called premeditated so you don't you don't plan for those things but life happens doesn't it here's my question how do you how do you even face the next day without well i don't know if i'm going to make it or not I, I don't know i don't have enough money i don't have enough time and like the pastor said i could die tomorrow oh my oh my you know i know people like that I know people who haven't been out of their house yet since COVID. Now, that's called fear. That's called fear. Why? Here's why you live that way, if you don't know if you have a future. Jesus is saying, let not your heart be troubled. Here's the secret. Believe in me. Believe in the Father. Believe in God. Here's what he's saying. You say you believe in God. If you believe in God, believe in me. I'm going to go away. I'm going to prepare you a home. I'm coming back. I'm going to get you. Don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let your heart be weighed down. What's tomorrow going to be like? I don't know. Well, let's worry about it then. No. Do not let your heart be troubled. So, so what, where does he take us from there? Well, point number two. A little bit more chewable. You ready? He gives us a promise of purpose in the present. See, when you know you've got a place to go, but you know you have a purpose in the present, now you're not just spinning your wheels. Now you're not just sitting around, well, I know I've got a home in heaven, so I guess I'm ready to die. No, um, you've got a home in heaven, but you have a purpose in the present. What is that purpose? Let's read this. John chapter 14, verse 11. <laughs> he says, truly, truly, I say to you, you ready? This gets deep. Whoever believes in me, that's your purpose. Believe. Yeah, but I, I want it to be great. God may make you great, people may know your name, but it will be because you've made his name great. Believe in me. How how does he do this? He says, believe in me, and you will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these will he do, because I'm going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now, that's pretty strong. It's not what you think, but it's pretty strong. It's not applied how we want to apply it, because here's how we want to apply it. Can I say this? Here's how we want to apply it. Lord, here's my list. Now, I'm not going to believe in you and follow you, but I'd like for you to give me everything I ask. That's how you ask amiss. Now let me let me say it another way. There's a lot of things that I've prayed for, because as I'm following Christ, I want, I want to see people's lives changed. I want to see people healed. I want to see people set free. I want to see people delivered. And I'll pray and it doesn't happen. And, and I'll find myself going, come on, Lord, you that that part of that scripture. You know, I want people to really believe in you. Let, let me just stop there and says, when he says, and greater works. We will do it doesn't mean you're going to become better than jesus at what jesus did it doesn't mean you get to raise dead people so people will tell you how great you are here's the greatest work people will ever see about god in you now let that sink in for a second because people don't care how good you preach if you don't live what you preach People don't care how much you um, know about the Bible if you don't show how much you love them through the Word. People could care less about all your gifts and talents if your character is twisted. Now, now why am I saying? And greater works, the greatest work I could ever show anyone, and by the way, I'm still working on it. He's still working in me. He who began a good work in you will complete it. It's him doing the work. You just have to make yourself available. And the greatest, listen, the greatest work I could ever show my family is to let Jesus be seen in my life. The greater work that he says you will do, because we know who Jesus is, it's can people see Jesus in us. Am I making sense? So when he says greater works, yes, the obvious is this. All of us are filled with the power of Christ and the power of his Holy Spirit. And we are more than one place at one time throughout the world. And we know that Jesus was only one place at one time. Now, that, that is believable because he came in the flesh. The problem is, I know that God is omnipresent. And I've talked to people before, you know, if God wanted to, he could come down and make everybody get saved. We, probably, but where's the loyalty there? Where, where's the, you know, you could, you could make your kids listen to you, but they're only listening to you in front of you. They're not listening to you behind your back. You, you know what I'm saying? You can make a lot of things when you're present, but when Jesus left... And we don't see him, because I promise you, if the physical Jesus walked in this door and then after church got in your car, we would all live differently all day. You mean, would you, do you do do you mean to drop you off anywhere? Because I I've got to I've got to be myself in a few minutes here, Lord. I've got to get back to normal here, Jesus. No, I'm just kidding, obviously. Because he, He's with us. And I, I'm not I'm not gonna be reading through all the passage this morning. Because he goes on to say in this passage, how do these good works take place? He says, you believe in me. You believe in God, believe in me. I'm, what you're seeing is the flesh representation of God. If you've seen me, you've seen him. But do you believe that? If you believe it, you will follow my commandments. Now, this isn't about earning your salvation. We're not talking about being saved here. You're saved by grace, not by works. But if you want to walk in power, follow Jesus. If you, if you want to walk and have prayers answered, you know, my grandbabies were just here and they left yesterday. Whew. It's a whirlwind when they're here. And they control all of your time. But guess who gets everything they want whenever they want it? The closest one to me. They're all screaming. But whoever screams right there gets my attention and gets whatever they want. What what do you want? Just tell me what you want. (laughs) A juice box. Get them a juice box. Let's get a juice box. Do they even make that? I don't even know what that is, but yes, you can have it. Um, Why? Because when you stay close to Jesus, two things happen. First of all, it's amazing how our attitudes are constantly redirected when we turn from our ways and we're walking in His. Now I'm not just asking for the things that I want. I'm asking for the things that he's purposed in my life that I know for whatever reason God has put me here, for whatever reason God has put us together, and my, all the praise, prayers that I pray for, they may not get answered like I think. But then I have to back up and realize, you know what, that's not my future anyway. My future's there. My purpose is here. Can I tell you what God's been doing and what we're we're getting ready to do here at the church? Um, Because you say, you know, if you were here last Sunday, powerful message by Ty. Ty Bratton. Because God can do a lot with a little. See, the reason some of us have a hard time with this is we think, well, I'm only a little bit in the kingdom. That's all he needs. That's all he needs. Yeah, but I want to be great in the kingdom. Stay as close to Jesus as you can. And you you may even realize you're a lot smaller than you thought. But he can use you a lot more when you're that close. Um, I've really been praying the last several months. And it's always been a part of my heart. But really until COVID, hadn't even really thought twice about it. But moving through COVID, I've seen a couple of things. Hurting people, obviously. And a broken education system. Now, if you're teachers, please don't don't be. Don't get upset with me. I can prove everything I'm saying. Um, it's broken. Everybody has had sort of to survive on their own to get through it, and and teachers have incredibly persevered. We've got several teachers in the church here. They've persevered and they've done everything I teach on a. Uh, on university level, and and even there it's been challenging, but people have persevered. Here's what's happening in our public schools, though. The, The culture that we live in are trying to pass teaching guidelines that will start teaching our children things that are just ungodly. So it's in that kind of setting that God has just been reminding me, hey, what's the vision of your church, John? Well, Lord, well, John, let me rephrase that. What's the vision of my church? That every generation experience the transforming power of God in every area of their life. Um, So in September, we're starting a school here. Now, and here's, here, amen, it's going to take more faith than that, but amen. We're starting a school here. Why, Pastor John? Because I know that kindergarten through fifth grade, even through high school, um, we don't have those facilities now for it, but K through five, um, if those children are learning about Jesus Christ in every area that they're studying, the subjects, English, math, sciences, I'm telling you, um, well, well, Pastor, sounds like you're trying to brainwash them. Yes. Yep. That would be the, that would be the the point. Because um, here's what I deal with all the time at our daycare. When a parent comes to you and t- they're talking about their kindergarten child, well, we want them to make their own decisions. I lovingly try to tell that parent, you are, sister. You are letting them make their own decisions. That's so bass awkward. That was, that was a Christian interpretation about <laughs> Because the, here's, here's, here's what we're having. We're telling our children, you make decisions on what you want to be according to gender. Here, five-year-old child, you decide if you're a girl or a boy. Where's the parents that are standing up and saying, wait, 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 wait. There's a foundation. Let's build on that. And, and we wonder why there are teenagers running around depressed, frustrated in life because they don't know they have a future, they don't know who they are, they don't know what they are, and nobody's taking the time to lay some guidelines in their life. And then when you try, they rebel. And we wonder why. I'm not, I'm not, saying, I'm not saying we've lost generations. The Bible says we can. The Bible says we can lose generations. But here's what I do know. That if we start teaching them, I can see young men and women making a stand when they're young teenagers, and when they're 18, and when they're 20. And there's no fear in their life because they know they have a future. There's no fear in their life because they know they have a purpose. And then lastly, he gives us the promise of power. He goes on to say, listen, I'm not going to leave you orphans. I'm not going to leave you here by yourself, wandering when I'm coming back. No, no, you've got a purpose, but I'm going to leave you. God's going to send you the comforter. God's going to send you an advocate. God's going to send you the, the Greek word there is paraclete. He'll come alongside. He says, but it's not just coming alongside. He says, I want to be manifest in you, and the only way Jesus is manifested in us is through the Holy Spirit. He said, the Father and I will come and make home in So what does that mean? That means as brothers and sisters in Christ, we are filled with his Holy Spirit. Listen, I'm just going to be brutally honest, and I battle with this every day. You're looking at somebody who I know how to battle through this because I battle with it every day. How many knows that when you're making a decision, the Holy Spirit's already speaking to you, but you're wrestling with it because there's anxiety over here? God is saying, trust me, yeah, but... But God if you would do it my way I'd be more comfortable. That's not going to work. I'm not doing this, like Ty said last week. I'm not doing this to you, I'm doing this for you. Cuz if we if we really trust God, then Romans really makes sense. He causes all things to work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. He he knows. He knows what you're going through. It's just, it's not about, well, Lord, if you know what I'm going through and I'm having all this pain and anxiety, take it away. Your circumstances may never change. What needs to change is where is your trust? Because he continues to say, believe in me, believe in me. Now, listen, I'm going to close in just a moment. But the same issue that you're talking about, about whatever you're stressed about, I'm not saying that God won't answer a prayer. But I'm, I'm just wondering what life would look like if we just put our trust in him in spite of those circumstances. And I already know what some of you are wrestling with. And that's a powerful statement to try to embrace. Because some of the things you've been praying for, you already know what they might turn out to be. And it's not good on where your trust is but if your trust is in the future what can happen to you here if your if your trust is in another place what really can happen to you here if if your purpose now is based on staying so close to him and believing in him in such a powerful way that you have that kind of confidence to say yes God I will do this because, believe me, in regards to the school, I prayed for many weeks, God, please, please, if, if this is not your will, please shut this door quick. And what did he do? I, I kept having conversation with business leaders. I kept having conversation with other leaders and even in the staff in the church. And everyone was saying, oh, my. You're right on target. This is powerful. You need to do this. And I'm like, mm. Because I was praying really for somebody to say, you're, you've lost your mind. I wouldn't do that. You, you're gone crazy. But God just kept confirming. And then I, I would be praying for different leaders, and people just started saying, I'm interested. Can I, do, can I be a part of this? So step by step by step, God has just kept confirming himself. Why? Because I'm not talking about being perfect, but I'm talking about walking so close to Christ that when you're praying for things, you're not just praying for a nice day. God, I need you because to fulfill the purposes you're calling me to, I can't do it by myself. So God, please give me, and he says, I will give you whatever you ask. Because he gives us the power for that purpose. You see, the Holy Spirit speaks to us all the time. The Holy Spirit will guide At the close of this chapter, he says, and he will lead you into all truth. He will remind you of things that you have forgotten you knew. You'll be reading, you'll be studying, you'll be praying, and the Holy Spirit will just bring things to your remembrance. And and it's always, listen, it's always going to be, trust me. Because your fear and anxiety will always pull you back to where your trust was. Am I making sense? i want to pray for you we're going to prepare to receive the elements in just a moment but i i just want us to pray as the praise team comes can i pray father in the name of jesus christ lord we come to you today lord i pray that your word has just um lord i pray that you anoint your word through this simple vessel but you lord speak to our hearts lord let us see the things that have caused our anxiety and fear. And Lord, we know that they're real, but Lord, our trust is in you, not our circumstances. Lord, I know that there are needs right now, today, in this room, that need a miracle, a miracle of healing, a miracle of restoration, a miracle of emotional stability, emotional healing, And Lord, your word still rings out to us. Believe in me. Yes, your circumstances are real. But Jesus is reminding us, so am I. Lord, we come to you today. Many in this room, yes, hurting. But Lord, just like those disciples stood before you, And you told them, don't let your hearts be weighted down. Don't let your hearts be heavy. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Believe in me. I'm giving you a future. I'm giving you a purpose. And I'm giving you the power. Now you can walk in boldness. And facing any circumstance, this world may laugh at you but you can just stand in power because I am with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. So Lord, I pray that you move in our hearts today. I pray, God, that even now as we prepare to receive the elements, Lord, just do a work in us. Even as we're coming forward, Lord, we know that we're stepping toward our God and we remember what you have done and what you are doing in us, I pray. In Jesus' name amen amen can we all stand together the praise team is going to lead us in this song again and as they do i just want to encourage you uh, when you're comfortable just to come down and receive the elements and if you want to stay up here and pray for a few moments or just go back to your seat and we'll close in prayer but just let me remind you jesus says to his disciples and this is what i love about this service today Here's the best way to not let your health, uh, heart be troubled. Remember. Remember. Jesus, sitting at that table with the disciples, said, Listen, I want you to remember something. He said, the bread he broke it and he blessed it. He said, This is my body, which is broken for you. Take and eat. Then he took the cup and he blessed it and he said, This is my blood, which was shed for many for the remission of sin. Now, there's powerful messages there, and I know it's already after 11, but here's what he's saying. I want you to remember the price has been paid. You're clean. Now act like it. It it wasn't a, a harsh, now go out and don't make a mistake. It was a stop letting the world beat you down. You're a child of God. Stop letting your circumstances beat you down. You're a child of God. Stop letting your people around you beat you down. Start hanging around people who are going to help you be more like Christ and, and stop feeling beat up by the world. You know, Pastor, how do we do that? Remember. Remember. It is he who loves us. It is he who died for us. It is he who saves us. Amen. As we, as we sing, praise team, just get ready. I just want us to remember that as they're singing, we are no longer a slave. We're free. Amen. Let's receive.
1: <clears throat> you unravel me with a melody.
0: in just a moment if you're not a child of God you can be beautiful thing about being a child of God is you don't have to get dressed up first you don't have to get cleaned up first but he just simply reminds us my body was broken for you take eat Do this in remembrance of me. Then he took the cup. Again, he blessed it. This is my blood which is shed for the remission of sin. He wants us to be cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Take drink. Do this in remembrance of me. Now, Father, we thank you today for what you've done. We thank you today for what you're doing. And I pray that right now as we leave this place, Lord, as many many have been sitting here today, as many of us understand the challenges, the anxieties, the fears that we might be facing, now that we have put our trust in you, we've renewed our trust in you, split those seas, I pray. Open those doors, I pray. Bring the healings, I pray. Let people see your wonderful work in us, I pray, that we may give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. We love you.